Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um. Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road. Getting from there to been a long time, but my time is finally me, but I can feel the change in the way right now, nothing's in my way, and I'm not gonna hold me down no more, no, I'm not gonna hold me down, cause I've got faith, I'm the heart. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine here at the Institute for Methylation and Bioindividualized Medicine in southeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, tonight we have an incredibly special show. I um, have two other people who are on the um, the chat. Let me just check to see who they are. Hold on. 905 area code. Who's this? Hello? In here. 516 area code? Hello? Okay. Um, Sean, can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly fine. Am I coming okay, in nice great. and clear? Coming in nice and clear. Okay, so hopefully um, other people will let me know who they are. Okay, well, tonight we have a, um, a very different kind of show. Uh, a mom from Australia uh, has a five-year-old who um, has numerous problems and had asked me uh, to get a panel of experts together to look over her um, child's um, findings, uh, ask lots of questions, and see if we can't uh, divine what is going on. Uh, as a matter of fact, she said, could we get our... Um, Methylation magicians, I think the word was, uh, together. And uh, well, who we have on tap tonight is uh, Sterling Hill. Okay, Sterling, as you know, is the uh, creator of mthfrsupport.com. She's also the creator of <clears throat> of uh, Sterling's app. And uh, it, there's probably nobody in the world right now who knows more about uh, epigenetics and genetics than uh, Sterling herself. herself. And um, if there's anybody who can, um, you know, help us 
you know, find the stone that's been left unturned, it's going to be her. Also, we have Sean Bean, who uh, you've all heard speak. He's a nutritionist with several years of working experience with challenging medical cases. Uh, in fact, he works with me and he works with other doctors. Okay, he specializes in alternative medicine, including biochemistry and the neurology of autism, depression, chronic fatigue, weight loss, nutrition, GI imbalances, environmental toxicity, hormones, genetic mutations, and he is the co-discoverer of bioindividualized medicine. Um, hopefully in a little while, Cynthia Smith will be joining us. Uh, and um, I, I know that uh, she was having a little difficulty today, may or may not um, join us. We have um, from Australia, from Sydney, Dr. Carolyn Ladowski, who is the owner of Northbridge Nutrition and National Health. She is a naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist, has a Bachelor of Herbal Medicine, Bachelor of Naturopathy, Advanced Diploma of Naturopathy, and Diploma in Nutrition. My, my God, she sound, makes me sound like an idiot. Okay. Also having studied courses in genetics at Duke University and the University of Maryland. Um, Carolyn is a results-oriented health expert who has the ability to provide straightforward and practical advice to address your specific issues. In other words, she works just like we do, which is wonderful. And uh, I am so incredibly happy to have uh, all of you on board. Say hi to everybody. Okay. Hello. Since everybody's hi, everyone. there. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Not leaving anybody else. There's a lot of people on the on the question thing here. I'm just uh, hope somebody gives me a heads up if it's uh, one of our speakers trying to get through. Anyway, uh, Katie, would you like to uh, introduce? Um, or tell us your little one's story. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone's time, and I have definitely turned to you to help me solve this mystery. Um, I've been talking to some of you on and off, but I'd love to put all our heads together and try and help um, our little baby. So basically, it's been about since she turned four that we started noticing some issues she was immunised um, in Australia. We get the MMI immunisation at at four, and just um, soon after that, she started getting night terrors, um, and they were extreme night terrors. So five or six times um, a week, lasting over an hour. Uh, then what we also noticed was some separation anxiety tantrums during the day that were excessive. I've got another child and I know a normal child's tantrum but this was very extreme um, and the symptoms just started to progressively get worse. She started having some stomach pain at night um, and we noticed that um, it, it, she was very bloated so we tested her and she was lactose intolerant. So we made some changes to her diet. We cut out dairy and gluten, um, tried to keep it to a very basic level of food, um, in general healthy food. Um, we then did a stool test and that's where you may see that we found that there wasn't a very strong overgrowth of streptococcus in her stool um, and that was around May I think it was and we saw a doctor in um, Melbourne who had suggested initially pandas because of the high growth of strep and the, the change in behaviour. 
So we began a protocol of um, antibiotics to try and get rid of this high, it was a very high level of stool, uh, strep. There was 97% overgrowth, but the spread was very high. Um, we did notice an improvement in behaviour on the antibiotics, so to me I was pretty convinced that that's the answer. Um, also, her behaviour did slightly improve. In September last year, her night terrors did stop, but her daytime behaviour was still off and her anxiety at night crept in. Um, I guess I'll fast forward to her starting school this year and in around January she did get sick and um, she started having tics. So she had a motor, tip, a motor twitch where she was scrunching the nose. Um, she had a vocal tic where she was clearing her throat um, and some other, other tics that have pretty much stayed consistent till, till now. We did some other tests like the Cryptorulia test which came back negative. Um, she was being violent at school so she was being aggressive. She had major mood swings coming at home. She had very negative intrusive thoughts and fears. Um, so I guess am I moving too quickly or is this... No, no, you're doing fine. Helping yet? So we wanted to get a second opinion and we saw another doctor that um, in May of this year who looked at her blood, she got some blood tests. Um, we saw that she had some low zinc, high copper. Um, she still had some stress um, in her stool but not in her blood test results. Uh, her basically... Um, her approach was that it was something more along the lines of pans, so a type of um, pandas where any um, anything of that attacked her autoimmune would release these, um, tri would trigger these behaviours such as the ticks and the, the, the behaviour. So we started on a protocol of um, repairing her gut health with some um, cod liver oil and magnesium and vitamin C, colostrum. We did like ultraflora LTG, which is a probiotic. And we also did an alkaline bicarbonate at night before she went to sleep. So we did that for from May until probably more recently. We did notice some improvement. But we weren't getting the results we were really hoping for even after a couple of months of completely cutting out sugar. Um, we took the diet even more seriously and went on a paleo-style diet where we had basically meat and vegetables and salads. Um, and I guess cut to all, uh, more recently, this is where we've got so many differing opinions. We, we saw another doctor another doctor who has said let's just try Zithromax to get rid of the mycoplasma we found in her blood test and that's where we're at now we've been on Zithromax for one week um, to try and get rid of the mycoplasma they found in her blood and what is her behavior so, like however, now? The beha her, her behavior was extremely bad before antibiotics and was very bad, probably even more so. As soon as she started antibiotics, she started getting a fever and I don't know if she was hurting or something was happening, but 
she was off the charts. So she was off the charts for the first seven days of um, antibiotics and the last two days she has calmed down quite a bit. I'm not sure if she's just waxing and waning like she sometimes does. So that's where we're at now. The um, for for everybody who's listening, just to very quickly go over some of the uh, blood tests before the before uh, we let loose on the genetics. The uh, anti DNA SE antibodies were um, at a low level, according to this taste, uh, test. Um, the uh, she had a high copper, low zinc, and low homocysteine. Um, I'm looking at folate and B12. The uh, B12 was above 128, and it looks like uh, that's the high for this particular lab. And the red blood cell folate was 2547, which is mid-range for this lab. Um, the um, There's an indication of thalassemia. Uh, EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, was positive. Uh, high platelets... Um, the MCV was low, mean corpuscular volume, the mean corpuscular hemoglobin was low, uh, RCC was high, uh, mycoplasma was positive, uh, HHV6 is positive, uh, ASO titer, which is antistreptolysin O, was negative. Um, looking at the uh, lymph cell counts, T cell, CD, I'm assuming that uh, I'm looking at, oh, there it is. Um, the uh, CD3, CD3, CD4, uh, T-cell cytotoxin, all those were uh, reasonably within normal limits. Um, the stool test, as you said, um, had more streptococcus than and other anaerobes like um, Haemophilus, parainfluenza. Um, they were all very high. Um, let's see. And, and um, I think her E. coli was low. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm bouncing between screens right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. E. coli, the E. coli was low, whereas the strep, uh, Streptococcus parasanguinis and Streptococcus, Streptococcus salivarius, were on the high side. Um, and um, uh, Sterling, um, you have her uh, her very important report in front of you. Would you um, like to go over it with us? Yeah, um, there's a few things. Um, I was kind of wondering basically what Carolyn was wondering about the pyroluria test kind of um, not maybe coming out right because she is so low in zinc and she her methionine synthase needs to be shut off. And she is very, very low homocysteine and that is a huge indicator of B6 deficiency. Um, and you can actually have B6 levels in you if you don't have something like lysine, the B6 is going to go into absorb properly where it needs to absorb. But sometimes that's when that test can come a little off. And there's other things tied into the pyroluria, like we know oxalates now, which do um, shut off methionine synthase. Her, her methionine is very, very low. Um, there's so many things. And then looking at her other SNPs, I've got them up right now. And um, so many things to do with solvation seem to not be working in her. And um, when when this happens, um, we know that things 
like the methionine synthase, the folate cycle will not work properly. Um, you, you will keep infections in your body. Uh, I've just learned so much from this. Again, um, another one we know that's a huge indicator of holding infections in your body is the LCLC19A1, which we know she's homozygous for, too. Um, there, there are quite a few things there that um, could indicate that, um, you know, maybe that pyrolaria test, maybe she should have another one. I, I'm very concerned about that, how low she is in zinc and all the indicators of zinc other things being shut off that the B6 in her body that she does have possibly not working properly. One of the things that you can do here too, Sterling, is, is if they have access over in there in Australia for an organic acid test, I think that will be fantastic yeah. for this child because um, that gives yeah. functional levels. Uh, and they also want to do a plasma amino acid test um, to check for the essential fatty or the essential uh, amino acids to see if there's any kind of imbalance with see if she's absorbing her proteins or she's not absorbing her proteins. Not not all the time um, it tells you, but even in the stool sample test and stuff, uh, you can have still normal protein and still pro be protein deficient because it's how the body's metabolizing stuff um, that is the most crucial key. Just because it goes in one way doesn't mean it comes out the other way. And when you're dealing with sulfur issues, um, I don't like to follow sulfur in urine just because of the fact that low sulfur or high sulfur in urine it may actually be low. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of chasing sulfur levels in urine by using strips. It's, it, it flows with ebbs and tides. So those are some of the areas, but I definitely agree that organic acid tests would be highly valuable in this case. Yeah, and especially one with oxalates included in it. Make sure that organic acid test has an oxalic acid in it. And there, um, Katie, when, when you look at your daughter's COMT and MAOA, you understand that whatever is upregulating her system, uh, those uh, catechol-methyltransferase and the monoamine oxidase are not letting uh, the body metabolize out the excitatory neurotransmitters, which is why, you know, she's probably being aggressive at her young age. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You so uh, we have to... Huh? You're probably going to start I, the glucose I... level to be extremely high, too. So she's got, you know, she's got good genetic, you know, a chemical reason why her, um, why she's got so much ex excitation in her brain. The real trick is finding out the root cause of the excitation. Um, one, one thing I noticed in your, in your write-up is that her behavior would improve on erythromycin, okay? Cle clearly indicating to me that we're, we're dealing with some kind of bacterial problem also, okay? Um, any comment on, uh, from the group about mitochondrial function? Um, yeah. She, she's definitely going to watch her fish oils because fish oils is increasing nitric oxide, which is not such a good thing in this child's case. Uh, you also want to watch, too, methylfolate because methylfolate can push up nitric oxide, which is not a good thing in this situation because your body's not going to be able to, to process the peroxidal nitrates properly. Someone else said, yeah. Yes, it was me. Um, you know, um, she she's loaded down with SOD, and I think um, Dr. Well, Carolyn Wojcicki, she um, she had mentioned that too. Carolyn, would you like to talk about the SOD and how it affects the mitochondria? Yeah, um, with the SOD enzyme, the superoxide dismutase, you need key things to activate that. 
manganese is one, zinc is the other, and copper is the other. And we know that there is this deficiency in zinc and this elevation in copper. And that's why I asked you about the laboratory you use, because I, and I agree 100% with um, Sterling about the pyroluria. I actually don't believe the results. And I had a similar situation at the clinic, our MTH support clinic. And we had two different labs check two different results on the one day. One said there is no pyroluria. The other one came back at 97. And wow. for us, the reference ranges is over 10. So I mm. agree with Sterling that I think B6 is a really big issue here. And of course, she's got the iron issues. And when you have this elevation in copper and a decrease in zinc, you potentially are blocking your iron. And it also destabilizes neurotransmitters. And one of the things that I was um, thinking about, Katie, when you were doing your introduction is that one of the things that I find is with people with COMPT and they go on a paleo diet, what you're going to do is yeah. get very pissed off, cranky little people because what you're doing is actually increasing your dopamine levels. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think that the, the, the paleo diet is a good one for someone with COMPT particularly. And so if you've got this superoxide dismutase en enzyme that is under-functioning, then what happens is I see a lot of my MTHFR patients who are very critically low in manganese. And manganese really affects the NMDA receptors, which is that hyperstimulatory thing that Jess was talking about. And so manganese also is vitally important for your intestinal enzyme function and your mitochondrial integrity. And it's a, it is a cofactor in the synthesis of your T0 transmitters. So I think there's a lot of things that need to be looked at from that aspect. And I think, too, her SHMT enzyme is a big issue because obviously that affects MTHFS, which is also, I think, from memory, homozygous too. So glycine is going to be less than it should be. So again, she hasn't got this calming, lovely inhibitory neurotransmitter working towards her, working for her and it's B6 dependent. So I think there's a lot of things. Her SHMT also is going to stop the conversion of tetrahydrofolate to 5,10-methylene tetrahydrofolate and vice versa back to tetrahydrofolate. So our overall folate status is going to be low. Okay. Now that we've confused so you thoroughly... Go ahead. In this situation, in this so situation, the paleo diet, sorry, like I know diet is so critical to this piece of the puzzle and there's so many different opinions about what, sometimes I feel like there's nothing she can eat because I, that's why I'm nervous about what I should be trying for her. But given all this collected information, what would you suggest then would be the best sort of format to follow? Are you, uh, you want me? Okay. Um, no, you're, I'll answer that. Just jump in. I think certainly um, there has to be a good balance. And I think, you know, certainly from a nutritional point of view, I think we've got to have a really good balance between your high dopamine and your high serotonin foods. Having said that, however, if she is having issues with methylation, then 
I agree with Sterling, you've got to be careful of the high oxalate and the high histamine foods. And one of the things that I often do is a combination diet of encouraging people to keep to the relatively lower histamine foods because that will obviously affect behaviour and mood but also the low oxalate. And, and funnily enough, a lot of them are very similar um, in that you will have a relatively low of each. But I'd definitely be getting her off the gluten and the dairy. So we can come yeah. up with a diet. That's not a hard thing. But I agree, a lot of people come in and they really struggle with what to feed the child. There is so much, um, I guess, varying opinion um, from yeah. very many different people. But I think that combination, particularly with, with kids with sensitivities, works extremely well. And does that include low sulfur foods? No, not at all. And in fact, I, no. I, I agree, Sean, I think sulfur is one of the biggest issues here because you've got a low homocysteine and obviously you're dragging homocysteine out of the methionine cycle to support cysteine, and your glutathione because I think she's got high oxidative stress. I, I think what the question is, is should she be, um, my apologies, uh, the question as I perceived it was, should she, should Katie be careful because it looks like when I look at her supplements, she's doing a, uh, trying to do a very good job of doing a low sulfur diet and uh, no, controlling the sulfur no. levels. And I'm hearing, yeah. I'm hearing from you, Carolyn, that, that we I, should be doing the opposite. Or at least not paying that much attention to it. Carol, I agree with 100%. Um, this is a typical protocol we've seen in the past, which can cause adverse reactions um, without the practitioner knowing it. Um, this is just recent information that's been coming out. And again, remember, research is always constantly changing. Um, you can't stick with one philosophy because within six months it might be, or three months it might be obsolete. But it is a starting point for practitioners. Um, if practitioners continue to indulge that in philosophy, that's on them. But um, Carol, myself, Jess, and all the others, we'd like to stay up on cutting-edge information. Um, this is what I would call old school, um, and it's potentially, uh, in this situation, could be, as Carol said, counterproductive. So I would, and I don't use, I've been doing this for two and a half years. I, ne I never use yucca, and I never use charcoal anymore, okay? I think no, there's two things... Lot. Absolute, uh, obsolete anymore. There's better things you can do. You can use butyrate, which would help the gut and mucosa barrier because it increases uh, and butyrate. Um, you can use um, to lower ammonia levels. Um, you could use um, um, alpha-ketoglutarate. is also very good, and that has a beneficial effect because it turns in it eventually turns into glutamine. So there are a lot of other choices that can be done here that can be more beneficial for your child and not having been put into a certain situation. If you notice from September, from the 29th to the 14th of 2014, if your child got worse, it tells me that that diet may not be working for them, okay, with the stretching. Yeah. So it might be backfiring is what I'm recommending yeah. and suggesting. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. The more I delve deeper into this, the more I may have been affecting her with, like, restricting certain foods, and that's what I was getting more nervous about. Now, remember that what we're all talking about here is treatment, and what we're 
dancing around a little bit, and I'd yes. like to yes. I'd like to yes. uh, ask the group. We need to talk. We're, we're talking about downstream effect right now. I'd like to ask the group about root cause. Okay, because if we don't get at the root cause with this young lady, we're going to be constantly treating a downstream effect. Root okay, cause, so uh, what? Sisters, sisters, mycoplasms possibly involved with that's a co-infection. Okay, uh, I've been dealing with Lyme for a long time, and I don't like to point the finger at Lyme, but even in Australia, I've had a few cases. Okay, they don't recognize it over there, unfortunately. Okay, so oh, they recognize it, they just to, ignore it. They just ignore it exactly. So this yeah. brings Lyme on the radar a little bit, too, because of I do believe it's from a pathogenic origin and not just from what's being shown, okay? You've got a tachyglomegalia, you've got parvoviruses, you've got all those co-infections that need to be checked along with just the streptococcus, okay? Um, so I would focus on um, pathogenic, like a full pathogenic screen that you have available over there with Lyme, Bartonella, Babesia, um, as possible um, further evaluation. Hygienics might be possible in this situation, too. Um, if they did ECP in the vascular and dealer growth factor, okay, it might point us to the proper direction, okay? What about our vitamin D, vitamin D125 ratio, okay? That will, be a, that will be a red flag right there of what potentially could be um, root cause. If erythromycin is controlling some of the um, symptoms, uh, does that hone it? Uh, I'm asking the group right now. Does that hone it down any further to what could be the possible root cause? Well, um, I kind of think that um, getting her pathways open would help. Again, um, like. Carolyn, Sean, and I all agreed something needs to be looked into with, you know, because there's zinc flow. The B6 might have been skewed a little um, when she took the test. Um, you know, and when you have low B6, um, there's the oxalate issue. And sulfate and oxalate are regulated by shared transporters. So when mm-hmm. oxalate's hot, sulfate's not going to work. Then you're not going to make glutathione to be able to get your body healthy enough to get rid of some of these things. Also, her SOD, that's another big one in getting rid of pathogens out of the body. And it is severely compromised as well. Um, That's me looking at the DNA part. I know you guys are better talking about the pathogen part, but the DNA part, which could cause somebody to harbor bacteria and co-infections like that, um, would be um, me, again, saying... Low B6, because I know she has low zinc. Something just didn't come out right next to us. Maybe she has B6, but she's low in live eating, which is needed for B6 to properly work. And now oxalates are taking over sulfate since they share the same transport, and she can't make glutathione. And we know she's already very compromised at SOD, which is the mm-hmm. same thing, you know, to get your body healthy enough to get rid of the, some of these toxins and bacteria of the body and even viruses. One of the first things I would suggest here is, is number one, is, is you want to control the symptoms as fast and as swift as possible, okay, Be- before going blowing into this immune system. Because if you don't and you have an immune system upregulation, that poor child's brain is going to be on fire, okay? So what I found in my clinical practice and experience, and it's been the, it's been the, actually the, uh, the, the 
the determining factor on turning these complex cases, you got to start with the basics. You got to slow this kid down, slow their mind down, take take their brake off their system. Okay, let them, put, take your foot off the gas. Okay, start applying the braking system. Okay, work on the adrenals, work on the neurotransmitters before killing the gut. Because if you're gonna drop a bomb, if you're gonna drop a bomb somewhere, you better have a plane fast enough to get the hell out of there. If not, you're gonna get blown up. And that's what's happening with these kids and stuff that have these co-infections. They're blasting the hell out of the bacteria, and the poor adrenals are already stressed to begin with. So if you don't take care of stress, you're not going to be able to get through, and you're going to play, end up playing a game called whack, you know, whack-a-mole. You know? Every time you whack it down, something else, and it pops up somewhere else. And then once, once you get rid of the infection, and you don't have the adrenals strong enough, it's going to come right back again. And also, neurotransmitters play a huge factor in the immune system because a lot of cases with candida and other pathogens, mainly Lyme and stuff, once that, liger, once that tiger gets out of the cage, you have to put that thing back in the cage, but then you have to reinforce that cage so it doesn't get opened again. And using serotonin can actually boost up the ability, body's ability to fight off these infections and keep, keep them in check. So my personal opinion was is I like to do the... I like to get a good nutritional profile on a person and start with the grassroots, okay, as Cal suggested. Definitely work on the diet because this child's brain's on definitely overdrive, okay. Probably have excess of glutamate and um, excitatory responses, and their serotonin probably uh, screaming high trying to catch up with it. But unfortunately, it doesn't have the building blocks to make it because it's got, it's got the gas pedal pushed down. And when you look at the diet, it's got four, got four days of fish, okay, which has high mercury and content in it in the first place, okay? So four, four, fish four times a week, that's asking for heavy metals, okay? I don't care where it's brought at, it's still going to retain heavy metals. Plus, you guys just had um, Hiroshima, or uh, not Hiroshima, um, Fukushima. That's a no. long time ago, buddy. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know? <laughs> Radiation still lingers around. All right, come on. Sean, laugh, man. (laughs) (laughs) We know you mean Nakajima. Fukushima. Fukushima. Can I ask a question quick, quick? Uh, Katie, do you have cats? Yes, i got a cat and a dog. Okay, uh, some of the things that, um, just so you know, that erythromycin is good for is uh, it's a macrolide antibiotic is mycoplasma pneumonia which she has, H. pylori yeah. and toxoplasmosis gondii. Gandhi. Toxoplasmosis yeah. is uh, something that's uh, put out by cats. Cryptosporidia stuff like that. Okay, so some of the things I think we're actually you know you notice that nobody's mentioned the word pandas yet. <laughs> okay, because yeah. um, I don't think we're really looking at a primary strep infection. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I think but other I'm infections have been missed. Yeah, I mean, that's where, like, recently they said it's PANS, which is more anything that attacks the autoimmune um, Sterling, can you go back through and discuss about the QMT and PYP1B1 and how it affects um, bile production? Um, okay. Um, yeah, let me go look over that. And by the way, that shut down from BE6 not being used right, too, um, uh, under um, sulfur, um, transsulfurase section. 
hold on one second. Let me pull it right back up here. Um, she well, she does have the two A one, and that one affects um, that one is affected by low B six activity. Okay, and what we know also is there is a PKU sniff there. Okay, which is another indicator of low B six activity, even though something the test kind of came out like it did. Um, and um, the sulfa 2A1 can affect ATP, sulfation, also um, also estrogen, and um, not being able to um, break down um, bile salts. Okay? And also it, it affects caps as well, is ATP. So that wasn't really um, an important one to look into. Um, and then she's got all the CYP genes and then the cough as well. Um, hormones could be playing a big role in what's going on with her, even though she's still young. You know, she's got some stuff going on here. But that, um, yeah. the, 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 uh, the 2A1 really concerned me because everything's going back to that, you know, closing, um, low methionine. Um, also, just all these huge indicators of a total, even with the PKU SNP involved too, just make sure the first start of tetrahydrovapin deficiency, DH4 deficiency, which you know the cofactors for that are basically your Krebs cycle Bs, iron, and vitamin C. For everybody who's listening out there uh, in Australia, the United States, and everybody else who's joined us, uh, I, I'm hoping that you can tell by this discussion that uh, the reason that we've always been telling everybody that you can't do this on your own, okay, uh, to encapsulate, uh, and I'm going to continue, but to encapsulate what people are saying is that it's important to find out the root cause of the problem, whether it's Lyme co-infections, mycoplasma, toxoplasmosis, and so forth. But uh, even if you found that out, Okay, this person's this little person's body is not anywhere near ready to try and heal. Even if you got the right antibiotic, the person would still not heal. Okay, because of all the other issues that are going on. The genetics, if you were to look at them, have been there since birth. Okay? It's the environment that sets everything off. So this is not an easy thing. Okay, you have to treat the downstream effects and you have to discover and treat the root causes. Sometimes you have to set up the treatment of the root causes by treating the downstream effects and getting the body ready to, to fight its fight again because the root causes, the infections or whatever, have taken much from the body and done some damage, and that, ha that can be repaired. In other words, this is, how it, this is how and why it is complicated, and you're beginning to see how much thinking and how much consideration goes into each and every case. Continue, my friends. One of the things okay. I've thought of, too, uh, Sterling, with estrogen, yucca. Yucca can be very estrogenic to certain females. Um, um, in that yes, place, it can. It, it can be really, really bad. Actually, I've got a, you know, a huge list um, of um, stuff that I just put out there, and um, yucca is a big one, and I know a lot of people are like, when they see high ammonia, oh, use yucca root. Go with butyrate, and if you handle, if you can even handle butter, you know, there's go with an A2 type butter that's loaded with butyrate. 
um, if you can handle um, some dairy. Um, butyrate seems to be so much safer when breaking down ammonia. And a lot of people are out there on the yucca craze, and then their estrogens is going even higher. <laughs> so I've been suggested recently by um, a naturopath in Melbourne to do hydroxy B12 pigments yucca charcoal. So based on what you've just been explaining with her estrogen blockages, would yucca not be yeah, a good idea? Yeah, the fifteen is very, very low right now, and you know, um, B12 is going to lower it even more until you kind of open up that um, turn back on um, methionine synthase, and methionine synthase can be turned back on when we, um, you know, once they look into um, pyroluria more, and then also oxalate issues with it. Um, then you can get methionine synthase back working. I've seen people take the, a lot of B12 and turn around and rock bottom their home with this thing. I think as well, if, you, if you're talking about root cause, and, and I agree with Sean, you know, sometimes we can be way too tricky, and I think if we, if we look at the basics here and the root cause, I agree that we've got to look at... It's interesting, her, her detoxification capacity is obviously not great. She's homozygous for that NR1I12, and that really is a transcription regulator of the cytochrome P450, which is your big guns, your antioxidants, you know, to break down all your toxins. And interestingly, it's activated by um, your the antibiotic that she's been on, the Rifat... Was, was she on the Rifat... She was on a Rifamicrid. She's been on that a couple of times, but she's just started on Cithromax. Right. So I think also, too, if you look at why does someone pick up an infection in the gut, Often it's because hydrochloric acid is not sufficient, and she has got a homozygous in the BHMT. There's a reciprocal arrangement between hydrochloric acid and zinc. You need good levels of hydrochloric acid to have good levels of zinc, and vice versa. And zinc is really the master secretor, and it's so important for gut function in women, vaginal function, so that they don't get thrush and things like that. So. You know, if you're looking at why does she pick up these infections, then certainly her antioxidant status and her gut function in terms of the basics, the hydrochloric acid and the zinc being at optimal levels, has got to be one of the first things that you look at. And I would really encourage you to redo the pyrrole test because I agree 100%. I really do not believe that result. And I'm happy to give you, Kate, that um, that uh, link to the, the lab here that's um, really reliable in their results. And, um, so if it is pyrrole test comes back positive, what does that mean? Do you treat it differently or Well, basically what it means is that your body, the body is, um, these pyrroles when they're high, they basically bind to B6 and zinc and flush them out of the body. They're a naturally occurring waste product. We've all got them, we weave them out in our urine every day. But in some people, and, and we really do believe, I think Cynthia is another one that believes this, that certainly it's a, it's a product with the cystothione beta synthase issue. It definitely is because it's not a standalone condition. Um, you know, Pfizer Institute and a, and a lot of the other institutes have always said pyroluria but never really explained. But 
in my experience dealing with all the MTHFR patients, it's definitely an issue with cystathione beta synthase pathway. And so the, you then end up with issues with low B6 and low zinc, which is not only mood, but also gut function and hormone synthesis. Here's also a suggestion too. You can't go through the gut, you'll go around the gut. Kirkman has a topical zinc sulfate, which works incredibly well um, with a lot of the autistic kids. Um, in this type of case, what you want to think about when I handle these type of cases, my mind goes into autistic chemistry. Okay, you've got to treat this child as she's autistic, even though that she's not autistic. Okay, if you look at it from that biochemistry uh, and neurology, you'll be able to see things that are hidden that you may not think about. Okay, and one of those areas is, is definitely if she, if she can't absorb zinc, then get it in through another way, okay, transdermally. Um, and, and monitor their red blood cell. Um, and monitor, I mean, this is just new serum, okay? This isn't red blood cell, okay? So if the red blood cell is low or the white blood cell is low, then we know the zinc is low, okay? So maybe just because she might got it on a bad day, you know, depending upon her stress, because zinc will fluctuate all over the place on serum. You mentioned earlier about serotonin. Did you mean that you can actually give her that as to help her as well, like as an artificial serotonin? The uh, way that you build serotonin is by, with the use of 5-hydroxytryptophan, okay, in small doses because 5-hydroxytryptophan turns into serotonin. Uh, if you wanted to control her excitation, a good phenylated GABA like uh, cavanase or phenotropic, which is a 4-amino-3-phenylbutyric acid, would be primary. And um, I don't know how available it is in, in Australia, but <clears throat> you do have to be careful with some of the phenylated GABAs because there's a lot, a lot of things sold as phenobut, which is a beta-phenyl gamma aminobutyric acid, which has a lot of problems. But the product made by Biotics called Phenotropic or the product made by um, Neuroscience called Cavanese, and uh, if you could get your hands on it from Poliquin, GABA-centered PX, all have that same molecule that would um, counterbalance a lot of her excitation. Uh, it would calm her down significantly because it crosses the blood-brain barrier. Uh, you just have to realize that it's a Band-Aid. It's not going to uh, fix anything, but it will... Oh, but, it will yeah. It'll it'll Can definitely calm her down a bit, yes. Okay. Um, so that excitotoxicity that he's talking about, the glutamine and GABA, do you know what the cofactor for that is? It's D6. In order to break down glutamate into GABA, you have to have sufficient D6 in your body. Mm -hmm. Okay, you so have, if you think glutamate or GABA, that's another sign. That's why we're kind of concerned about the test that she had that... Yeah. And without zinc, you don't convert B6 to B5P, so it doesn't get um, decarboxylated so properly. Because in order to work on B6, you need magnesium, you need the phosphorylated, and then you need zinc to decarboxylate it. Okay, and both of those things. I mean, if you're B6 deficient, you're going to be magnesium deficient. Because if you're magnesium deficient, you're B6 deficient. If you're B6 deficient, you're targeting deficient. 
okay, and then you're targeting deficient, then you become magnesium deficient. It's um, it's a cycle that's hard to be broken, okay. And just brought up a really good point about the serotonin. Because of the suspected inflammation in this child, Jeff, um, would we be concerned about this going down the, the wrong pathway? Because in all my clients that are B6 deficient, they are, have high chironic acid levels. Uh, that's because that's of the tryptophan, the tryptophan that's in their gut that they're absorbing from their proteins are going along the chironic exactly. pathway. The 5-hydroxytryptophan okay. generally doesn't go down that pathway. Um, but but you do have to start it slowly because the serotonin receptors are usually atrophied and, and you have to kind of tease them up a little bit. Uh, I know there's been some suspicion on both of our parts, Sean, that, you know, it uh, that 5-HT can go down, HTP can go down the chironic pathway, but I haven't been able to find any evidence of that. And the time, the stuff that I am seeing is probably coming from what they're absorbing through their gut from their, I mean, from the amino acids from the protein they're eating. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah. So now, we now that we've confused, confused Aunt Gata Katie. No, that's okay. I was <laughs> probably too detailed for me. But I do notice, like, about three, four weeks ago, we did stop these supplements, the magnesium, colostrum, cod liver oil, and the... And then so I wonder, by stopping the magnesium, whether that's also what's caused the recent flare-up? Yeah. Possibly so, yeah. Yeah. And magnesium and stuff, um, I've seen people who have Lyme, and they said, oh, Lyme feeds, or magnesium feeds Lyme, and their doctor takes them off the magnesium, they stop their Epsom salt fast, and then I get these calls, you know, I'm suicidal, I'm in a dark place, I don't know what's going on. And when you track back, yeah. it's always within two to three weeks. It's usually turnaround when magnesium starts to um, it starts to catch up with you. It can. I've done I've done red blood cell on magnesium on people, and I've seen their levels drop by 0.5. Okay, in a matter of 24 hours. I mean, that's how that fast you still magnesium. Uh, and get out. I definitely should be giving her magnesium. There's no like um, SNP nips or anything that mean that she shouldn't be having magnesium. That's a definite for her. Yeah. yeah. The magnesium would be magnesium glycinate too because it's, it's, it's a double-edged, it's a, it's a kill two birds with one stone because you get the magnesium going in and then you get the glycinate uh, going in too, which helps with yeah, the uh, phase one and phase two of the liver detoxification. Glycination also helps with conjugation of estrogens and other toxins to get them out of your system, as well as bio, help to keep bile acids in their proper cycle. And even possibly some taurine, which will help that whole bile issue too. Again, another mm-hmm. inhibitory neurotransmitter. But taurine, really understand that taurine in high doses can be can be cause hyperactivity also. Um, and um, uh, but go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I would really actually like to... I agree um, with Sean. I, I, I'd really like to see the organic acids and the amino acids mm-hmm. test because that's certainly going to give you... Yes, we know the genes. There are genes that are affecting her and, and we know that we can we change the action of those genes, but at this point in time, this the, what tells us what is actually happening right now is the amino acids and the organic acids test. Right. 
about the same thing as a hair mineral test because I'm getting that back this week. The hair no, mineral test can, is not nearly as um, not nearly as accurate. Um, no. Let, hair, let me. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to sum up a little bit because we're getting on uh, ten of nine. Yeah. Uh, from what I'm from what I'm hearing from everybody um, is uh, for root for root cause, we're thinking maybe Lyme or co-infections. Yes. Uh huh. What else are yeah. we thinking for root cause? Mycoplasma, H. pylori, toxoplasmosis, okay, Lyme and co-infections are all possibilities. Any other possibilities that um, that should be considered being checked? Um, mold toxicity because um, of the HLA gene um, and also the CDS pathway in relationship to that. Uh, there's mold, toxic mold possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also hearing that a... Uh, organic acid test, amino acid test. I'm also hearing um, possibly the micronutrient testing, uh, if that's not already included in the organic acid test. The only thing that I would add to it is a neurotransmitter test because um, that's what I'm used to dealing with, but I know that the organic acid test you can extrapolate and, and, yeah. from there. And also also um, a specific company has a good uh, essential fatty acid profile too um, because if she's taking cod liver oil, I'm, I'm, I won't be surprised that cod liver oil is building up in her system and not getting burned off because that's normally what you see with I say with these because they can't tolerate fish oils because it boosts nitric oxide. And if she has an infection already, she's got too much nitric oxide to begin with. And she's not so we're, we're, we're thinking about oxidative stress, the inability to break down um, oxidating compounds, um, which by definition starts uh, thinking about mitochondrial dysfunction to one degree or another, yes? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And one of the core areas here that I'm I'm hearing from everybody is <clears throat> fixing the gut, making sure the gut's working correctly, um, which is a balance of the type of diet and what you're using with it, and uh, consideration of the entire biochemical pathway um, this is which is what everybody's been talking about if we look at it in total. Uh, one thing we all said that that what what was a common a commonality was uh, primary treatment of the sulfur pathway in the manner in which it's being treated is kind of old hat and is maybe putting the child at greater risk than benefit. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Just. This, feel free to disagree with me, guys, because I'm, what I did the whole time is, as you were talking, is I was taking notes, okay? Because I know that Katie would like to have, you know, kind of a... I believe you're right on, Dr. Jeff. Okay. So what, what I'm thinking here is, Katie, my suggestion to you, um, if you, first of all, be, feel free to ask everybody questions. I'm going to let each person uh, let you know how to get in touch with them, but I'm going to suggest very sincere, sincerely that you work with... Um, somebody who is very, very, very knowledgeable in this, uh, and you have you have somebody great right there in Australia. I realize that they're uh, and they'll probably know better, you know, how to obtain the testing and so forth. So, uh, Dr. Ladowski, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you so uh, let you us know? Sure. Right. Um, our, we are called MTHFR Support Australia, 
which is mthfrsupport.com.au. We do Skype appointments all around Australia, so just because you're in Melbourne, it doesn't mean you can't see us. 50% um, of our patients would be Skype, pa Skype patients, so I'm certainly happy to work with you and, and, and steer you in the, the correct um, pathway for these tests. And um, yeah, I think that's probably the main thing. Um, we've got a great and, uh, and I know that you know how to get in touch with Sterling. Yes, because you've spoken with <laughs> yeah, Sterling before. No, and Sean, how would right. any how would someone get in touch with you? Um, they want to get in touch with me, Jess, they can go to my website, www.matrixhealthwell.com, and they can um, peruse the site to see if we're compatible um, and what we offer. And, uh, again, I um, my, uh, push the contact information, and that will get you in direct contact with me. Um, and I'd be glad to assist. And if Carol needs help in this case, uh, we're all here to help each other. Okay. Right. Uh, that is something that, it, that it, thank you for bringing that up, brother, because everybody, everybody should know, everybody everywhere should know that people like Carolyn, myself, Sean, um, Cynthia, Sterling, we talk to one another, okay? This is not, this is not a secret. When we have a tough case, you know, we have no problem chatting with one another and saying, okay, what do you guys think about this? You know, and we share the research and the new things. I mean, I can't tell you how much I've learned from these people. It's just changed my entire life and my entire practice. Okay, so the nice thing is that you get one of us, you get all of us to a certain degree, okay? And frankly, um, I, I think, uh, Katie, that you kind of need some guidance. I, I know you've been to a couple, a few different doctors, but um, I think you need some, no offense, better guidance. Okay, because mm. the child is not getting better. Okay, and the child yeah. is still having a lot of excitotoxicity. Of course, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, it would be Jess at drjessarmine.com. Okay, just send me an email. Be happy to say hi. But, um, Katie, uh, do you have any final particular questions that you'd like to ask the group? Um, well, I guess just in the next couple of days we're still staying on her antibiotics but I'm not supplementing it with anything if just to get to my next appointment should I be focusing on magnesium um, and, is, and is that pretty much it or I'm not going to do yucca or charcoal based on the suggestion I had previously but um, someone suggested hydroxy B12 does that support B12 without methyl group does that sound familiar? Yes, yes and it will. If, if there's that, that increase in nitric oxide, then it will certainly help that. Um, so I think in the short term, it's probably um, a good... What, what dosage are you giving her? It says I'm not. I've only got the bottle now, but it just says one lozenger. And is that, that a thousand micrograms? Um, yes. Yes. Okay, you could probably start it just with, um, I'd start it with half of one and see how she goes for the next few days. Okay. And then if she's fine, you can up it to one. And there's yeah, one thing called Hickmins or something. Sorry, go ahead. You're just going to have to watch sometimes because the COMT, even though that's hydroxy, looking at her snips and stuff, it still looks mm -hmm. like she does hurt, but she does it at a much slower rate in the MT, on the MTRR. 
So she might convert that pretty rapidly. So if she has any kind of issues or anything, it might be problems with overmethylation or it might go into the glutathione pathway. Or people have been misled by the glutathione pathway thinking, oh, it's, glut or it's, it's glutathione and sulfur. No, people. It's because you're not changing it from oxidized to reduce glutathione. Okay? Exactly. That's why people are having issues. <clears throat> and that's what end up, ends up blocking the mitochondria. Okay, is Bingo. the oxidized glutathione. Okay. That's and, right. I mean, the lung cysteine as well. Mm-hmm. You, you're shutting off that. You're shutting off that methionine synthase pathway, which is going to make that B12 absorption even worse. So you may actually need to try working with increasing your homocysteine and supporting glutathione and and cysteine before you actually introduce the hydroxy B12. That's what I was thinking too, Doctor Yorker. How do you do that? Well, let's I tell you what. Let's leave that for when you decide to work with somebody because uh, yeah. you know, we're we're uh, the practitioners here are very happy to help, but it it becomes yeah, fair enough. more and more difficult to uh work specifically. Uh, I want to thank everybody, Sean uh Sterling, uh Dr. Ladowski, um because I know you're right in the middle of your day. I mean, this is the end of our day, but <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right in the middle of your day, and you took time t- took time out to be with us, and I I, I certainly appreciate it. I want to say thank you to all the uh, speakers who were very kind enough to um, to jump on here with very little notice, because I've been known to give everybody about two hours notice and say I need you, <laughs> and you're here, okay. But mostly, a little five year old girl needed you, so uh, you were there, which um, really warms my heart. Um, I just want to say thanks to everybody. Um, Katie, please pick someone uh, to work with if you, uh, or, you know, now you see that there's a lot to be thinking about, okay? But you need to be thinking, you need to be working with somebody. And somebody, hopefully, that you feel comfortable that has a very good grasp on everything. Okay? Thank you, everyone, so much. And thank you from um, our little one here in Australia. She will one day definitely appreciate all the help. Well, that's not. We're always here for you, and we're so happy that you, um, the bravery that you showed to to even ask us to do this, we were um, we're very impressed. So, um, you know, thank you. We uh, we love you. You guys take care. Thank, thank you, you, everyone, for for being here. I'm going to put on my little theme, and we're going to fade out. Okay. <laughs> have everyone have a good week. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good day for you too. It's been a long, long. Getting from then to here. It's been a long time. But my time is finally here. And I can feel the change in the way right now. Nothing's in my way. And I'm not going to hold it down no more. Always remember, people, the reason I pick this song is because you guys have strength of the heart. It takes courage, and it takes what my Jewish friends would say, to uh, put your cards on the table and ask for help, and uh, accept uh, the uh, stuff that's being thrown at you. Tough? Yes, it is tough. Okay, but you can see, we're not sitting around following protocols. Requires a lot of thinking, a lot of work. 
and we're happy to do it with you. And thank you for joining us. This is Dr. Jess Armine from the Institute for Methylation and Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania saying good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.